Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast. Industry leaders share their insights. It's about five questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Let's get to it. Michael, tell us who you are and what do you do? I'm Mike Saylor. I'm the CEO for Black Swan Cybersecurity. Uh, I'm also a professor, educator. I uh, also do a lot of uh, work out of the community with law enforcement and students. Nice. What, what got you into cybersecurity and why do you love being a cybersecurity profession? Uh, well, I'm a problem solver, I think, by nature. Uh, I grew up a uh, son of a master chief, uh, Navy CB, uh, construction engineer. Uh, so I'm just watching him solve problems every day. Ingenuity kind of drove me to wanting to solve problems. And then uh, growing up, uh, taking everything apart and figuring out how to put it back together, which also got me in a lot of trouble. But uh, professionally, uh, I was introduced to kind of the world of, of cyber and, and crime and espionage and terrorism through some work. I did some intelligence work early on uh, and then into kind of computer hardware uh, and then just natural evolution from, you know, building stuff and collecting data to figuring out how all that stuff is used for uh, nefarious purposes. And then, uh, you know, how do we then educate and, and help build solutions to protect stuff? Uh, and then uh, also along the way, just being very entrepreneurial. Uh, not always finding the right fit for me. Uh, so I've, I've actually started six companies over the last 30 years. Uh, Black Swan's one of those. Uh, and then just trying to find like-minded people that want to help and protect and educate and collaborate. And uh, that's what got me here. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to throw in a, a softball bonus question here. Six companies, were they all cybersecurity and whether they were or weren't, what makes somebody want to follow an entrepreneurial path? Well, I think it's uh, a couple of things. One, no, they weren't all cyber. They were all, all they were all technical. Uh, no, I take that back. My very first company was a landscaping company. We cut down trees and cleared log jams out of creeks for the city, that kind of stuff. But uh, my first IT company was consulting. Uh, I, I taught, uh, organizations, how to use Microsoft Office when it first came out, how to do spreadsheets and um, also clean keyboards. <laughs> but then uh, my next company was a, a retail wholesale computer hardware company where we sold uh, retail out the front, uh, custom built computers, laptops, and then wholesale out the back to other computer companies or uh, organizations that needed bulk stuff. Uh, and then uh, I started a nonprofit, which I still run today, uh, cyber education focused. How do we get students, high school and college, the hands-on education or hands-on opportunities to to uh, complement their education to help them get that first job? Um, and then the other companies were cyber related. Uh, as far as entrepreneurial, um, there's a couple of things there. One, it, it's hard to uh, start your own company without without having the security of a full-time job or, or steady paycheck. So there's a lot of risk there. Uh, and definitely, uh, I was pretty risk averse early in life, uh, you know, not knowing how to pay my bills and get what I want and go out to eat or, or buy the food I want. But, um, you know, you, you develop a kind of a reputation and a, and some confidence in your, in yourself, uh, so that people want to work with you. Uh, and, and so starting, starting a business and, and having a, a, at least a small handful of, of people that want to work with you that, that, uh, like what you do, uh, made it easier for me. Uh, and then seeing both sides, the corporate world, which, uh, I've got a ton of war stories on corporate world stuff too, 
but then so, you know, the bureaucracy, uh, the red tape, um, the politics, uh, you know, if nothing else drove me to be an entrepreneur, it was getting away from all that. Uh, but then also being able to build your own culture and, and build an organization full of people that are like-minded, that want to share, in, in, in my case at least. Uh, you know, we're all educators. We all build each other up. We're all leaders. Uh, we all take that kind of, you know, servant leadership is a, a term that you hear a lot. Uh, and we're all there for each other, our clients, and, and any, really anybody that wants to learn or needs help. Uh, and so that's really what's kept that passion of entrepreneurial alive for me over the last, at least the last probably 12 years, uh, is having an environment like that where you can go to work and be around kind of like family almost. And then your clients also kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know that they all do, but they, they know that they, they're comfortable calling and asking for help mm -hmm. or asking questions, and they know that we're there for them when they do. That's awesome. Thank you for that, Michael. We hear the term cybersecurity is a top concern, but what does that mean to you? Well, one of the things that I've been kind of preaching uh, lately is that cyber is not just an IT problem. Uh, cyber is a thin film that covers everything a business does. It's your people, it's your building, it's your relationships with others, your vendors, your clients. Every, every aspect of your organizational life has a cyber weakness. Um, and so cyber is not just physical security. It's not just the technology you buy. It's not how you do your business, how things are connected. It's all of these things. And so cyber to me is really getting an understanding, having an understanding. And, and some of that requires some education and different way of thinking. But cyber is the ability to utilize technology uh, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the good side, how to how utilize technology to protect yourself but also how to do business more efficiently and effectively uh, with good accountability, good security, uh, good integrity. Trust is a big thing. So at a conference yesterday, they were talking about digital trust. And that's really an evolution that I've spoken to a lot as well. We're, we're not really there yet as a society that where, you know, someone broke into your house and you came home, you'd have that, you know, that awful feeling, the gut of your stomach that your, your privacy has been violated and someone's been in your house. But if someone steals your computer or your phone, we're not quite there yet, feeling the same way, not realizing that the exact same stuff that's in your house, all that privacy, all that personal, it's also in your phone. In fact, probably more so because your house doesn't know where you just came from and how you spent your day, but your phone does. And so I think we're still there as far as evolving to really uh, embrace that, um, that trust in these devices that we've given. Um, but cyber is a component of that. And on the bad side, obviously, cyber is how uh, threat actors and bad guys are really trying to take advantage of every single little, you know, chink, kink in the armor and weakest link type of uh, analogy to uh, get something of value from us. Uh, even if it's not directly, you know, something of yours, maybe that piece of what you have fits into pieces of what other people have and that value adds up, you know, the thousand grains of sand type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's a different way of thinking and we're not there yet, but cyber definitely is a thin film that covers everything. Oh, that's, that's a great way to put it. What other insights do you want to share with our network of cyber professionals? Well, I think, uh, and, and I see this both uh, from a, diff a lot of different, uh, perspectives. So, you know, I mentioned I'm an educator. I've been a college professor for 24 years, um, 
And so people that, that take an interest in cyber or want a career in cyber, whether they're a student or a professional that wants to change careers, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty there. Like, what does that mean? I want a career in cyber. It's like saying I want to be a doctor. All right, so what kind of doctor? I don't know. I just see them on TV. They make a lot of money and drive nice cars. Well, cyber is somewhat similar. I want to be a hacker because I've seen hackers, or I want to I want to work for CSI and do forensics. And, and, and those are really the only couple of things that you see, uh, or law enforcement, um, that people can relate to when they talk about cyber. And so um, find a good mentor. Go to some of these uh, uh, cyber uh, social events. There's, there's tons all over the place. Uh, North Texas has a huge cyber community, and there's even a Twitter handle. I think it's DFW Cyber, and they post all these events. You can go to a lot of them are free. And it's a very collaborative industry. They want to help you. They want to answer your questions. They want to give you a path. And that's really important because if you don't have a path, you'll end up investing a lot of time and money in a career that really may not even fit you. Like, um, so I, I get a lot of, I want to be a hacker. Okay, so let's talk about what it's like to be a hacker. Uh, it's it's a poor life balance. It's a five-year, uh, at least a five-year path to becoming recognized as an expert at pen tester. Um, and your first couple of jobs are not, you know, Hollywood style things. You're you're doing research. You're you're doing the low level stuff, or you know, working with someone if you have the opportunity to to get a mentor. Um, and you're you're working. You have to be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And when re- when you really get into a pen test, you probably won't sleep for three days because you don't want to stop. And you're drinking energy drinks and 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 eating bad food. And so, you know, if you're health conscious, at a minimum, health conscious, and you have a family, pen testing is not the life for you. Well, similarly, like forensics. Well, forensics is interesting too. And uh, I think to that point, a lot of I think maybe there's a misconception too that a lot of cybersecurity is just pushing buttons on tools and they do all the work for you. And we get a lot of students that are good at the technical stuff, but then they don't want to write the report. Well, the report's the most valuable thing. Sure, you got a lot. You, get, you had a lot of fun doing the pen test, but where's the value for the client or your company? It's in the report. So if you don't want to write the report, then you can't be a pen tester. So there's a lot of documentation and procedure and stuff like that that people have to follow. And so, with regard to cyber and the workforce, um, it, it's not a push button job. It's not a uh, it's not a point in time career where you finished your degree or you finished that certification or that training and you think you're done. No, tomorrow's another day. There's more stuff to learn tomorrow and you can't stop learning. You have to keep learning. Find a mentor, get involved with groups, develop a career path. Even if you're in cyber today, don't be stagnant. Look for what, you know, how do I grow? What can I do tomorrow? What other things uh, can what I know contribute to to make me a more uh, a multi-dimensional resource to others. And I, I'm going to, I harp on this a lot. I'm actually writing my dissertation uh, for my doctoral program on how do we solve the cyber workforce problem? There's not enough people. I think that's a misconception. There's a ton of people. There's a ton of people that went to school. They have certs. They just don't have the experience. Well, where do I get the experience? Well, what do you want to do? So there's all these unknown questions that haven't been, um, somewhat delineated, but also there's not a, a standardization uh, type structure in place for that, that career progression, that road, that map, that roadmap, that career path. Um, so figure that out, uh, and, and help the next generation. So if you're in cyber today, go find someone to mentor, 
speak at an event, volunteer at a school, go to be on the advisory board of a community college, uh, figure out a way to help the next generation get the experience and the the uh, the path uh, so that they can they can backfill us or help us so that we're not the we're not the one cyber person at the company that's working twenty hours a day uh, because they can't find enough good people. Oh, that's awesome. We'll have to nerd out, Michael, about dissertations. I'm on my PhD path and uh, on servant leadership because it's something that I was brought up with as well. So I appreciate I appreciate you taking time to talk about both of those. Here's the fun question for you. Favorite piece of retro technology that just makes you smile? Retro tech. Man, there's so many that come to mind. You know, the, the old plasma balls that you can touch and then light up your fingers. I love those things. Um, man. The other thing that comes to mind is the, the Atari. I got to have an Atari. Uh, and, you know, the the one button and joystick that, that pops out of place every time you get too aggressive in your game. You know, I think if I could invent something today, it would be uh, uh, a throwback to the Atari with a, a, a more rigid and robust uh, joystick that doesn't break. But uh, those are the two that come to mind. Michael, thank you so much for being on the Cyber Pro Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for watching the Cyber Pro Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content.